Don't eat a Burger King at 5 o'clock and think you're going to wrestle me for an hour. Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves. He remains Kevin Patrick. We promised you to kick the new year off with a bang, and we are men of our words. Welcome to the first After the Bell of 2023. KP, are you ready? Yes, I am. Happy New Year, buddy. And Ric Flair on the show today. How excited are you? I am through the roof. I haven't, it's been a while since I've been able to catch up with my good buddy, Nature Boy, of course. The new documentary on Peacock, Woo, being Ric Flair, now available. Got eyes on that over the weekend. Can't wait to chat to who, in my opinion, is right up there, one and one A with John Cena as the greatest of all time. My personal favorite of all time, Ric Flair. Cannot wait to chat with the two-time WWE Hall of Famer. But KP, a lot has gone down since we last joined listeners with a brand new episode. Everybody tuned in last week and got the least worst of ATB in 2022. New year, kicking things off in big, big fashion. But we can't talk about the start to the new year without mentioning the close to 2022, that being a colossal episode of Friday Night SmackDown from Tampa, Florida, where we saw the return of John Cena in a SmackDown ring. Cena and KO versus Roman and Sammy. It seems like it happened a million years ago now. It was only a week And the fallout was felt on Monday Night Raw. But KP, I know you were sitting at home like I was on that Friday night enjoying SmackDown as a fan. What was your biggest takeaway? Well, it's funny. You ask me about my takeaway and you mentioned being a fan, right? I'm watching as a fan and I get lost in the moment as we talk about. However, I'm also watching and I'm studying the great Michael Cole too. And I thought it was fascinating, to be honest with you. On Roman Reigns' entrance, how Michael Cole said, there's so many rich stories in this match, which there is. But ultimately, we went, we went and we started talking about Sammy and KO. And that's the significance of where we're at right now with Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens and Kevin Owens being the problem for the bloodline. And it, ultimately, it ended up playing out that way. John Cena, immense, as always. Can't get enough watching that guy. And KO puts away Sammy with the stunner, pins him. And Roman kind of giving Sammy a look toward the end. And, and there's this kind of awkward moment where we're curious to know which way it's going to go in 2023. It was just an epic ending um, that really does set the table going forward. I agree with you completely. Just the reaction from the WWE universe when John Cena's music hit gave me goosebumps sitting at home. You mentioned Michael Cole, and I actually sent Cole a text the next morning. I told you about this on the drive to Raw on Monday, that there's something different in Michael Cole's voice when he's calling a John Cena match. This is Michael Cole, who has called every great moment for the last two decades. Michael Cole, who is synonymous with WWE, truly the voice of this industry. But there's something special. There's a little little more gravitas in Cole's voice when he's mentioning John Cena. And every word Cole says, much like I mentioned how, in my opinion, Cena is one of the GOATs, maybe the GOAT. I'm sure our guest will have a little something to say about that. But... There's just something magical about Michael Cole calling John Cena. It just feels right. It's a perfect storm, much like JR calling Stone Cold's big moments. John Cena's moments, to me, the soundtrack for most of those will always be Michael Cole. And it's just a, just a fun little aside from, from where we sit. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. 
We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Much like you, I was sitting at home watching this, watching it all play out. And KO and Sammy are the the majority of that story, to your point. Their history, which has been so well documented. And, and of course, Roman is, is the overarching boss in this entire situation. But John Cena, with all of the things that he's accomplished throughout his career, to just be able to show up and fit in seamlessly within the confines of this story, it was just a really special night. So, so let me ask you about that. You've been the in-ring competitor. You know what it feels like to get those hard hits. What does it say about someone who's consistently done it at the very top for 20 years? That, that was his first match of 2022. And he, I mean, he kills it. He's absolutely brilliant, as we'd expect. What does it say about the competitor that is John Cena in that moment for you? To me, what it says about John Cena is that despite all of his accolades that he's accomplished outside of WWE recently, John Cena is in the, in the process of taking over Hollywood, right? I mean, we, we've seen The Rock skyrocket to megastardom, where Rock is no longer primarily famous for his WWE work. Rock is a household name. He is a full-blown Hollywood movie star. Cena's kind of flirting with that. There are a lot of people who may know, oh, that's John Cena from WWE, but Cena's really making some heavy moves. And also shout out to Batista, who's doing the same thing. But the fact that Cena carves out time from his insane schedule, which is unpredictable as anything can be, to make time for the WWE fans because John Cena loves this, period. You can take the kid out of the game, but you can't take the game out of the kid. John Cena still wakes up in the morning in his first love, I believe is WWE. And I think that passion translates to the WWE fans, which is why he is sitting where he is now, where it doesn't matter any of the 365 days a year. John Cena's on the card. Guess what? More people are going to buy tickets. More people are going to tune in because John Cena has earned that. And John Cena still carries that same pride and still carries himself as a face of this entire industry. And, and that is the highest compliment I, I can give John. And I think we should all be grateful that we're still able to enjoy him, even in small doses, uh, before we don't have him anymore. 100%. I don't think anyone was probably more grateful than Kevin Owens. Think about the year that he's had. To end the year after having a WrestleMania moment with Stone Cold Steve Austin, then to end the year with John Cena. I mean, you're having a laugh 
What a year for KO. Yeah, that, that's really wild if you think about it. Yeah. yeah. In one calendar year, Kevin Owens has crossed generations of greatness. He he's he competed at WrestleMania with Stone Cold and then caps off the year with side by side with John Cena against Roman Reigns. Yeah, you're absolutely right. KO has definitely had a, a banner year for himself. But as a result of the incredible Friday night SmackDown uh match of the tag team match we're talking about. Roman Reigns sent the bloodline to Monday Night Raw, and we kicked things off again, second time in three weeks, with the bloodline just taking over the show. Will someone spare a thought for the new commentator, the fella that's been in the job a few weeks? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm like, we're coming on air, I'm getting ready to do my open, and next thing the bloodline are, are coming over to our desk. Sami Zayn and Jey Uso are saying, give me your headset. What's going on here? I mean, this, this was truly wild. My parents watching. My parents are visiting from Ireland. They're watching here in Atlanta, Georgia, in our house at the time. And my ma is like, fearing for our safety graves. You know, it was just that crazy moment where our table gets flipped. And I joked about it on week two, how Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar went through our table after two minutes. I mean, the show hadn't even begun, Graves. <laughs> the animated open nuts. had not even completed <laughs> before KP's notes were in the air. They were in the rafters. Chaos had ensued. And, and chaos was, again, the theme. I, I'm noticing it being a bit of a recurring theme on Monday Night Raw. Chaos inspired by the bloodline, led to a series of matches, a great six-man tag team match, a great singles match, and just madness throughout Monday Night Raw. But in the wake of Monday in Nashville, everybody was talking about the main event. Seth freaking Rollins, Austin Theory, United States Championship, to the surprise of absolutely no one, it was a banger. It lived up to the hype as a main event. And still, Austin Theory. And still, and on commentary, you primed this and you really teed this up as maybe, arguably, one of the biggest victories, if not the biggest victory, if he was to get it at the time for Austin Theory. Given that he is now the champion heading into a new year, he's talking about the now, the forever reign. And he goes and beats Seth Rollins, albeit Rollins did pick up, and you pointed that out brilliantly early on, it's, he seemed to tweak his knee. And even after the match, Graves, I, I remember, if I remember correctly, you went over to him to see if he was okay, and he seemed to be in a pretty bad way. But take nothing away from theory here. He's still the United States champion, the face of Monday Night Raw. This is huge for this young superstar. I completely agree with you. And to the Rollins point, I, I honestly, as we record this Wednesday morning, Seth is a friend of mine. I have texted him. I'm getting the, the typical stoic wrestling responses. How's your knee? Are you good? I'll be fine. We know Rollins will be fine. We saw the tweet he sent out, uh, I believe it was Tuesday, Tuesday evening, uh, redesign, rebuild, reclaim, which was the same phrase he used when he blew his knee to pieces as WWE champion years ago. I'm hoping that's not the case. I have a feeling that's not the case. But again, we'll have to let the doctors and Rollins let, let the world find out what the facts are as pertains to his knee. But talking about Austin Theory, and yes, I tried my best to portray the significance of the opportunity that was the match for theory. Because as we talk about so frequently here on this show, the importance of star makers, which Seth Rollins is Austin theory is in the process of becoming a made man, a mega star in WWE, but you cannot do that without significant victories. You need those wins to hang your hat on. You need off the top of my head, my wife, Carmella, drew the ire of the WWE universe because she beat Charlotte Flair at a time when Charlotte Flair was unbeatable. 
you see where I'm going here. I was going to transition. It was kind of sloppy. I got ahead of myself because no, I'm thinking out loud. We'll talk about Charlotte Flair when the Nature Boy joins the show. Don't want to gloss over that. Her huge history-making return on Friday Night SmackDown. But Theory needed to beat Rollins because the perception from the WWE fans is that Rollins is the mountaintop. He is Everest, to reference the, the promo on Raw a few weeks back. So it was of the utmost importance for Theory to beat Rollins. He did just that. Yes, it was a little shady. Yes, there there were some shenanigans involved. But at the end of the day, the last thing you saw was Theory standing over Rollins with the United States Championship. And people see that and they just, they have no choice but to absorb it. And when he's standing over Rollins versus a, a lower tier competitor, the perception becomes much more real. So we're in the car, you and I. We're leaving the arena. We're driving back to the hotel. And you mentioned to me that Rollins and Theory are two of your favorites. What makes Theory so good? What makes him stand out for you that much? To me, and, and it's strictly on a professional level. Yeah, I, I, I've gotten to know Theory a little bit. You know, we've chatted in airports. We've we've we travel together uh, uh, for, in small doses. I think he's a, he's a great human being. I think he's got he's got a bright future and a good head on his shoulders for this business. But what makes both of those or both of those superstars special to me is just that I have the ability to stop thinking about anything else that's happening. And as you're learning on Monday Night Raw, those are very, very tiny windows if we get them at all. Usually there's 10,000 things happening. We got to worry about this break. Here comes this sponsorship. Hey, we know this segment's coming up next. Rollins and Theory both allow me to become a fan again and sit back and just enjoy. I feel when I'm calling Rollins matches, I feel as though it's very similar to the way Michael Cole calls John Cena matches. And I'm not saying as far as skill level, I'm not saying as far as how fans perceive it. I'm saying from where I sit, I believe in Seth Rollins. I'm starting to believe in Austin theory. I believe in a hand. I've been in the ring with Rollins. I've been down the road with Rollins. Same thing with, with Roman. A lot of these guys that I came up with in FCW, uh, your Bray Wyatt's Sammy Zayn, so many guys that I came up with, it's not a stretch for me to say these things because I've been in the ring with them. I have trained with them. I've quite literally come up with them in many facets. So I have a lot more to add. I can tell Seth Rollins' story maybe better than Seth can because I've been there every step of the way, but I've been watching it. It's like having a great biographer follow you around that's <laughs> going to tell you your life story a hell of a lot better than you will. I mean, they've kicked your head off too. I've seen. I mean, clips. let's not, you know, <laughs> let's not draw up some old stuff. You know, I might have had. I've been on the receiving end of a few shield beatdowns in my life, but to the point of having a great biographer follow you around to tell your life story. How about a great documentary crew, KP? How about a WWE documentary crew and the great crew at Peacock following you around to try their best to recapture a life that only makes sense in storybooks. The man I'm talking about now is our guest. Please welcome to the first after the bell of 2023, the 16-time world heavyweight champion, the two-time WWE Hall of Famer, KP. Diamonds are forever, and so is our guest. <laughs> he is the nature boy, Ric Flair. Nate, first and foremost, happy new year and welcome back to the family. I am so happy to have the Nature Boy on my podcast I'm in, again. I'm back in the house. It's <laughs> <laughs> been love a long it. year, man. Good Lord. You're back in the fold where you belong. I want to Thank start you. right off by talking about what everybody in the WWE universe is buzzing about. The documentary, Woo! Becoming Ric Flair, streaming now on Peacock. 
Nate, this was a side of yourself that you rarely show to the rest of the world. As a, a person I consider a friend, and I've spent countless nights sitting with you and getting to know you by the, by the hotel bars and, and watching your career, I learned a lot about Ric Flair. How has the reception been toward you Huge. since this dropped? Everybody from Lance Armstrong to uh, Diplo called me. <laughs> Lance Armstrong and Diplo. <laughs> Talk about covering the whole spectrum. No, I mean, I mean, Diplo and I have become, uh, we've been really good friends for a long time. But I mean, I just talked to him last night and Lance Armstrong called me to, like he saw the opening day. And then, of, um, you know, Darius, I mean, of, of my celebrity friends, Charles Barkley, Darius, they all love it. And of course, I'm just everywhere I go, it, you know, Corey knows this. You guys probably know this too. If they're not talking about something, if, if I'm in, in a public place, which I like to obviously go out to bars, I know what's going on in the wrestling business because you hear about it. But that's all I've heard is about the comment, about the uh, documentary. So I'm very, I'm very happy with it. And, and it, it, it's, it, all it is is me. The truth. Like nothing more, <laughs> nothing less. You raised a question in my mind as you were as you were giving your answer, Rick, and you talked about how back in the day, particularly when Nature Boy was on top for all those years, wrestling and this business was sort of more front and center in in the American pop culture oh, world. God. Nowadays, everything is social media. Everybody's got on demand. Everybody can stream whatever they want, whenever they want. Yet here in 2023, we're talking about the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. How have you managed to stay relevant at that level through all of the ups and downs for all these years, why are is Ric Flair as, as hot of a property today as he was in his prime? I think the main reason, that, and I, I think you'll agree with this, I've just been able to um, to make the adjustments along the way that have been very hard for a lot of guys. Like the day that, that Vince started calling it Vince, you know, sports entertainment, God, NWA guy was going, what the hell are they talking about? You know, because they wanted to quit paying those huge taxes up in New Jersey and New York and stuff like that. And I, I get it, but boy, because sports entertainment, you know, when you're fighting like I was every day of their life, an hour, you know, bleeding every day, uh, it, it about killed me, you know, and then people were in shock at first. I don't, you guys are probably old enough to remember that, but people were like in shock by that. What? I mean, actually the, the, the best kept secret I've seen in a long time, I was in the building and left. I had no idea Charlotte was there Friday night. What? <laughs> what? Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. I, was in, I was in the you, building. And okay. So I, I went and saw Roman and John and all the guys, my friends. Talked right. to Hunter. Talked to And I left with uh, a lot of, I've got a lot of, a lot of friends, Pat Maroon especially, who plays hockey for the uh, Lightning. Here, the Lightning, Lightning here, right. Hot in town, yeah. So yes, yes. We went to a club called American Social and Ashley texted me and where are you? I said, I'm, I'm with some hockey players. I said, I'm here tonight, Dad. I go, what? She was, I didn't even know it. Nobody did. Oh, my goodness. Um, did you know she, did you know she'd be there, Corey? No, I had no idea. I was at home on my couch watching. Yeah. I, I actually, I missed it. You're on the end and you didn't know. I mean, it's, it's the first time in a long time that it has been kept. Everybody was shocked. Yeah. I, to truth be told, Rick, I, I watched the match between Ronda Rousey and Raquel, and I went in the kitchen and was was making some food and just scoop. And what a match they had, huh? And absolutely. That Raquel, I, I had just met her for the first time that day, but people just jumped over. They had a hell of a match. My God. I completely agree. I thought yeah, Raquel that, looked like I a star. I didn't know Raquel could rock like that. I mean, for that, and that was like 25 minutes, right, or something like that. 
Yeah, they put in yeah. some time, man. She and looked they, like a star for, yeah, her, for and herself, they no beat doubt. The crap out of you. I mean, it was great. And so that match is, and all of a sudden, there she was. I came out of the kitchen and I and I, I saw Charlotte in the ring and I went, "What the hell just happened?" And I had to rewind it and I watched the whole thing because I had no clue it was going down. So, so obviously, you didn't know it was going to happen. Then you find out that yet again, your your the your pride and joy, Charlotte Flair, is once again SmackDown Women's Champion. Yeah. What's going through your mind in that moment when you find out? I start crying again. <laughs> like I always do. I'm so happy for her. I mean, I knew her, I knew she was coming back. I think the I don't know. I knew she was coming back, but either at the Rumble or you know, I assumed the Rumble like everybody else. But she she doesn't tell me anything. She says I have a big mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler free. Hey, when, it, when it comes to her, no, I'm so pr- I'm so proud of her. I mean, it's unbelievable. May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. We know how proud, it's no secret how proud you are of what Charlotte's accomplished in this business. How often do you guys chat about business? Or do you still try to keep that that wall up, that father-daughter? No, or no, do you no. tell her like, hey, this is what you should be doing. You got to take this path. I don't know anything about the business. Haven't you heard? <laughs> I read it on the internet once, <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know anything about the business. So uh, we talk a little bit, but not a lot. It's, it's, it's just better because it's, you know, um, it, it, it's just better. I mean, I, you know, when she's... You just kind of let her do her own thing? Oh, yeah, of course. I don't have anything, anything to say about it, but it's just, it, it's better that I don't try to, you know. Once in a while, something will come up that I'll ask her a question about something I heard, and then she'll go, Dad, it's a bull****. What do you, what do you, what do you Mark? <laughs> <laughs> You've been reading the, reading the yeah, dirt, dirt sheets. Yeah, 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 yeah. As, as, as if she doesn't. Everybody reads this shit. Right. <laughs> that's that's our goal on this show is to sort of part, tell the part, truth. Part of American culture, right? Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. What about the year, though, for Charlotte? Like, coming back the way she did, stunning to end the year. Earlier on in the year, you obviously a very proud father as Charlotte got married. Oh, God, it was there. It was absolutely beautiful in Mexico, too. Uh, it's one of the, I mean, well, that was, I'm so happy for her. And she's, they're very, very happy. And, and you know what happened? It, it happened at the time where she could take a break, 
were didn't they get married and then got back to work? You know, she was the arm thing with uh, Rhonda, and then she'd got she'd got hit in the mouth and had, in that same match, and had a, a major issue with her teeth, which are from all the years of cheerleading and wrestling and whatever else. But it was a well-deserved rest. I mean, sometimes it's good to walk away from it. And uh, there was certainly no, there's no uh, loss of respect losing to Ronda Rousey. I mean, I thought they had a hell of a match. And, and it was a good opportunity for her to get away. And she and Manny have had an opportunity to spend a lot of time together. They bought a new home. I mean, it's really been good for her. But at the same time, I know how bad she wanted to get back into it. After a while, all that gets old, and now now I want back in. You know, so, right, right. It's, yeah, it's it's in the gene pool. Yeah. So no, she's doing great. I've never I've never seen her this happy, really, in a long time. Rick, can I tell you, watching the documentary, one of the things that really stood out to me was just how loved you are. And I suppose in any walk of life, it's through adversity that you realize just how loved you really are. And throughout your life, it seems that whether it's family, whether it's friends, and that have become family for you uh, throughout the business, that really came to your aid so much throughout. Is that fair that when you watch that back and you you realize throughout those difficult moments that, man, Ric Flair is one really loved human being? Yeah, I feel good about that. I don't know. I, I, you know, like Corey, I'll tell you, the thing that's funny about my life is, and Corey knows this too, this this is the most insensitive business in the world. It, it's not that it's not that the people that run it aren't sensitive to people's personal personal problems or personal issues, but they have a business to run. And, it, and that's kind of what the nature of the beast, right? Yeah, I mean, the been, NFL, I mean, Christmas Day, uh, that, yeah, that's I mean, infamous. Well, it lives yeah, on. You work, you work on Easter, you work twice on Christmas Day. I mean, the, the one thing I hope, I think my kids really came across understanding, like if I'm wrestling with Kerry Von Eric, hypothetically, in the reunion in Dallas back in the old days, right? I left Christmas Eve day because I couldn't, I could not miss the show. And then Christmas, Eve, Christmas night, Christmas Eve, you're by yourself in a hotel because your friends, you know, nobody wants that kind of heat. Rick Flair's in town. <laughs> and then Christmas night, they got to go home too. I mean, it, it you get lonely, but it's it's the way it works. If I had to be in Puerto Rico, I, I leave on Christmas Eve, and that, they all had to endure that. It's hard, but I think looking it back on it now, they realize that I, it's what I had to do. Maybe. Not, not to the excess that I did it, but I just, you know, when you work and you're the, the, the original oh, NWA world champion, was a th- it was a great honor, but it was a thankless job. Talk a little more about that. I mean, it was it was an honor, but but talk a little bit more as to, to I think a lot of fans don't necessarily understand what went into being the world champion then versus where it is now, where it's a, a championship you you carry to the airport, you pick it up at TV, but. When you were the world champion, there was a lot that came with that territory. Yeah, th- three hundred and uh, one year I wrestled uh, four hundred and fifty-five times, uh, and three hundred and thirty-six or three hundred and forty-six of more hours. Wow, you were twice doing Saturday, hour draws that Sunday. that frequently. Oh, that, that for four years—that's all I did every night. That is insane. In New Zealand, in Australia. In St. Louis, I mean, we just, you know, nobody wanted their guy to get beat. And the problem was, this, it, it not, it's not, I didn't mind doing the hour, but a lot of the guys had never done one. 
I mean, you know, don't eat a, don't eat a Burger King at five o'clock and think you're going to wrestle me for an hour. <laughs> I've seen the wrong side of that happen. You know what I mean? It's like Harley Reese Harley Reese to go to me, Ricky, never eat after three if you're working with me tonight. <laughs> that was the rule. Never eat yeah. after three people. <laughs> so I mean I've lived by that rule my whole life, you know what I mean? I see the guys in catering now the Indian kids just piling the food at six o'clock, eight o'clock show. I could have never done it. Well, I don't know how many guys could go an hour, definitely not three hundred times a year. <laughs> oh god, I, I did it a three I I'm trying to figure out how many we did it. Um somebody put it together for me. Um Jim Cornette or somebody, you know, added it up for me one day about five years ago. And I probably did um, over 300 hours a year for five years. That's hard to wrap your head around. I wrestled Ricky Morton twice uh, on that angle where we rubbed his face in the cement with the eye and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wrestled him nine hours, two weeks in a row. Twice on Saturday, twice on Sunday. That's that's unfathomable. That is absolutely wild. Yeah, the next time around was 90 minutes, but we ended it like at the hour mark. Then there's the travel. Then there's the nights out. Then you go again and again. I mean, I, how did you keep going? I went, I went right to bed, guys. I just want you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the travel travel is the worst. You know, I always try to dress nice and that. I, I don't know how much money in clothing there is left around the world along with Rolex watches. <laughs> there's, there's just a trail of Rolexes behind Flair. <laughs> I, know four, I know four that are gone. Oh, my goodness. I was at a party in Jacksonville with Hogan and a bunch of Hooter, Hooter girls, and they hid my Rolex so bad I couldn't find it the next day. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it took me It took me in the cleaning crew to find where I hid it. Oh, I my God. It, I, I I zipped the side of the cushion on a on a chair and put it inside the cushion because I had bad luck. <laughs> I couldn't find it in the morning. In his own Rolex, so well, even he couldn't find it. Amazing, yeah. amazing. That's after losing too. <laughs> <laughs> the documentary, I think, did did a fantastic job of really capturing your drive to become. Ric Flair, uh, your your backstory and how you grew up, and I don't want to spoil anything because anybody listening who hasn't seen it, pause this Please. this podcast and go find it on Peacock right now. It's absolutely incredible. But it begs the question: after all these years, you're still waking up, you're still kicking, you're still in the public eye. You are Ric Flair, and Ric Flair, whether you like it or not, has become Americana. That is a name that you can say to anybody in in America. Thank you, and they don't have to know our business or pro wrestling, but you you hear the sound. Uh, Joe Rogan infamously said it. You have an, a sound associated with your name. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone on earth hears a woo, they think of the nature boy. My question to you is this, Rick. For all you've accomplished, you're still a very busy guy. You still soldier forward. You always have your hands in new projects. I'm selling marijuana now, man. That's, I was gonna get. To, I was going to get there. <laughs> I mean, you're crossing businesses right now. What yeah. keeps... What keeps Nature Boy waking up and being Ric Flair in the morning all these years later? I I just I it's I don't think I was being Ric Flair. I just I just love being busy. You know that year and a half I sat home when I was so sick. Literally, it took me two years to get back. You know, remember I had the stone and all that, Corey. I mean, I just realized that life is so short. 
that I'm not, I'm not backing down on got I got myself probably in as good a shape as I was when I was 23 years old for that last match. I just didn't take into the fact the dehydration factor because oh, okay. I was fixated on a, on a weight. I've trained with Rob, who you know real well. Yeah, yeah, Rob McIntyre, yeah. Yeah, yeah four, four days a week out there, and then I was going to Jay DeLitho's, and I mean, I had myself, and then we had, had all this down, Jay and I, and then all of a sudden I got out there and I got lightheaded, and I said um, to Jay, I'm not feeling good. And, of course, they all, the minute I said that, they thought my heart or something like that. It was nothing to do with that. I just got, I couldn't figure out why I got lightheaded, but I just said, I had, I had dehydrated. For you, didn't basically. Eat, you didn't eat after 3 p.m., did you? No, no I, I didn't eat all day. <laughs> and then, then Taker came back and made me drink three Gators. And, and then I drank five beers, went out with Kid Rock all night. So. <laughs> Rick, I'll never forget in 2019, I'm sure you remember this moment well as well. I was broadcasting a, a soccer match and you were there at Atlanta United Mercedes-Benz Stadium yeah. and you hammered the golden spike in front of 75, 80,000 people at the stadium. And it didn't really register with me at the time that we're talking, you're 18 months removed from being on your deathbed. How did you go from being that man to that man within, you know, a year, 18 months? I mean, can you talk us through that process? Yeah, I just I I just toughened up. I mean, I started going to the gym even with the stove on. I I just I just realized I I could sit there and feel sorry for myself, you know, because it was a big a big issue as to whether the stoma reversal would ever work. They even waited a little bit longer because they wanted to give it more time to heal. It was so bad, but I just said, you know, I'm going to start living my life and as hard as it is, just because it's just it's just it's only one of the words. It's, it's nasty. I mean, it can be taken care of in the most professional way. It still is not. I've had it break on an airplane when I had it, and I sat in the bathroom for four hours. You can't, I mean, when it breaks, I mean, I mean, so, I mean, I've been through it all, and lucky enough that Wendy was there. We, you know, we had a, we hired professional people, but after two weeks, it was different people sometimes. And instead of the regular one, and, oh, God, some guy was telling me, when he, the guy goes, I'm going to, Blow on it. I said, you're going to do another out of Blowing on an open wound. That ain't part of the treatment. I've had a few. So Wendy went and took the class, and Wendy took care of me. A lot, a lot of credit goes to her. I didn't realize she actually went and took the class for Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's a, it's a two-week class because there's a lot that goes into it. But it just, and I just got lucky, and I said, I started going to the gym and feeling a little better. And then, you know, after a while, you start to forget about it, which you can't do. And then I went actually like 14 months without a drink. And then when we got, uh, when we got married, Rosemary beach, I hadn't had, I hadn't had a drink or anything. Right. So I had a glass of champagne and I went upstairs and had the worst anxiety attack. Cause I thought I just killed myself. You know, the, the doctor said, you can't ever drink again. Can't ever drink again. I swear to God. So then I woke up in the morning and I went, God, I feel good. So then I went down and had a light beer. And then I had two light beers. <laughs> it's the morning after your wedding. <laughs> He's that, back. Then that night when Taker was there, <laughs> And then, and then the, the, the raw reunion, Corey, you were there. Yes, sir. In Tampa with, with Austin came and all that. Uh-huh. That was the first time in the Sheridan, remember there? I remember that very was well. the first time I I don't remember much, but I remember. Yeah, 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 no. <laughs> I drank 10 of those, um, much, much, what do they call mucheladas or? Micheladas. Micheladas. I drank 10 with Austin. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to die tonight. And I woke up, I was fine. So we really <laughs> <laughs> No, that was the first time I had a drink in 14 months. 
It, they scared the shit out of me. They told me it was li- the, the liquor that did it. It wasn't the liquor at all. It was because I had um, I had had bottle obstruction before uh, f- three years earlier because I had a hernia. Or first I had a uh, ruptured appendix. And then I got up to get out of the bed because I didn't want to spend the night. I got a hernia. And then when they're operating on the hernia, they obstructed the bowel, just touched it. And that's very sensitive stuff. And so I've, I've, I've come to learn after asking a million different doctors that it's one in a million that it'll ever open up again. And I was one in a million. I was just, I was just sitting in a bar in, in, uh, with, a, with a friend of mine from Dallas, Texas, in Atlanta. And man, it went down. And man, and I don't even remember going to the hospital. I don't remember. And after I got out of the hospital, the first time I ever went out of the house was, was to go see my 30 for 30. And I didn't even remember seeing it. Oh my goodness. I had no memory. I had no memory going backward for six months. I remember being on the air on Raw, and I'd only been on Raw a short time. And we got word that we were we did an on camera because we we were told flat out, this probably is this is probably it. Yeah, we're, they made a package. Right. They made a package for Yeah. It. It's it's absolutely crazy to think about how how far in that direction we were and here we are now alive and well in a brand new year yeah, and looking you, forward you, to Philadelphia, brother. Woo-hoo. I cannot wait. I'm going to have to get in a, a night early, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, me, me too. Let me know. Yeah, I absolutely will. When I when I see the wine glass emoji, I know Nature's in town. It's yeah, time it's time I, to go to work. I send it to Corey all the time. Beer, wine and <laughs> Martini. <laughs> it's like sending up the bat signal. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> but oh, so, Rick, you, you brought it up briefly, but you, you got your hands in a bunch of different businesses now. I know you're a podcaster in your own right. Obviously, that's that seems to be running in the family these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, talk to me a little about what, what you're doing now. Well, I work for CarShield. Uh, that's been a, a great gig for me. Uh, those are wonderful people there. And I got an exclusive deal with Ryan Fitterman, you know, for... Um, the sports agency for the Sports agency, agency, yep. And then I... Uh, now the biggest venture I've ever been involved in is with Chad Bronstein and, and Mike Tyson in the uh, 2.0, which Ric Flair Drip is part of. We're in 16 states. Mike's in 24. By the end of this, uh, by by June, I'll be in all 24 states. So we'll be the largest distributors in the country, Mike and I. Of all the things that you've accomplished, of all the world championships, of and, all the and nights I, out. I hadn't and- smoked dope. Since I was in college, but now I'm, I have a couple of times with Mike. I can't roll with Mike. I, <laughs> that's that's rough. <laughs> the Nature Boy finally met his match in <laughs> Iron Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He doesn't drink, but man, he can smoke. <laughs> <laughs> and how did that all come to be? I mean, you know, again, it should never come as a surprise. And in this day and age, when Flair shows up, it just seems like it's par for the course. I I bought a boat down here in Tampa. And I keep it at the Marriott. You bet you've stayed at the Marriott. The waterfront. The waterside. Yep. I keep it there, right? And uh Chad Bronstein, um, you can Google him, he owns Philo. Um, really successful businessman, young guy, thirty-five years old, thirty-six. Um, said, Have you ever thought about doing anything with cannabis? And I said, Well, I said I've been offered the opportunity a number of times, but I just didn't think it was polit- I was totally honest, I didn't think it was politically correct enough to get you know, to try and build my brand and, and do that. Right. And then, um, but you know, it's become so much, it's become so widely accepted. Now. I mean, so all I do is I travel around and I do these appearance at openings like Vegas and Phoenix and then Chicago and, um, 
but you know, I partnered up with Verano. They're like the biggest in the country, and that's all I do is travel around and stuff like that. And uh, you know, just between you and I, Corey, the girls at these damn bars can't get enough of it. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I not surprised? I, I, I need to get. I'm gonna get. Need to get my hands hey, hey, on some hey, of that. Hey, well, I'll bring it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I have no doubt. <laughs> hey. It's not, here comes nature. Here comes Ric Flair drip. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Hey, Rick, uh, I wanted to ask you about the, we had the great Pele uh, pass away last week, considered the greatest of all time to many, uh, Pele, soccer player, Brazilian. Yeah, I was a huge fan. Yeah, he, he he was so brilliant publicly, yet those that know him would say that he was intensely aware of his status as maybe the greatest of all time or conversations around that. Where do you stand? To many, obviously, you are the greatest of all time. To some, they'll put John Cena in that conversation. Where do you stand? The greatest performer of all time in our business, and I'm, and I'm not, I don't have to think it twice, the greatest performer in our business of all time is Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. There we go. That's a, that's a hard, I mean, you don't have to convince me. I mean, and, he, and he can work both ways. You know, he's a phenomenal baby face and all that, but when, when he was younger, and Sean could be a prick, which which would which which made it real. He came across, but but I mean, Sean's the first guy to do the moon salts and all that. You think about it, and he just those matches he had with Taker, you know, with even despite their size difference, Corey, you saw him. I mean, oh my God, they're some of my favorites. Of I all mean, time. yeah, and literally he he carried me in that match in tw- in twenty four. So I think that um, I had a lot of, a lot of influence on the on the young guys like he and Hunter and that. And, and certainly there's a place for me in that, but I, I can't ever, I can't ever tell you that my skill was, uh, was Shawn Michaels. And, and, uh, I mean, I'm going to say this as boldly as I can. I think the best worker in the business right now is my daughter. Won't get many arguments from many no, people. I mean, no, it, but no, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a very big case for that guys. I agree. I agree yeah. very much. Hey, she, if she, if she's not, you know, the, what makes her different is Corey knows her so well. She's 5'11 and weighs 150 pounds. Does that make sense? And, and she does that corkscrew moonsault and shit, I mean, and she studies it. She has studied it where she she understands what that one good punch or one good kick what looks better than ten. You know what I mean, you know how you see these hockey style fights. I mean, it look, you know, for as a guy that's really tough in, in, in real life, like you are, Corey. <laughs> they, they, no, you are. You are a legitimate tough guy. To piggyback off your point regarding Charlotte, it's in her eyes. Yeah. The minute Charlotte walks through that curtain, yeah, you can see it in her eyes that she is in it and she believes. It's not about, I'm going to go out there and we're going to do this fun thing. She's out there to kick somebody's ass and you can see it in her eyes. Corey, I would say it's from the moment she walks into the building earlier that day. Yeah, I mean, she dresses apart. She just she just wants to be the best. And, and I mean, guys, I don't have to say about her athletic ability. She, she, she could have gone to college and played four different Division One sports. She chose volleyball, but if she wanted to play basketball, she could have. She hated basketball. If she wanted to have been a cheerleader, she could have. And the other was track and field. In the ninth grade, she ran a 513 mile. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it, and, the pre, and the president's fit, physical fitness thing. You know that thing where they used to have? Yeah, oh, yeah. You used to have to touch your toes and look before, before America said you can't be better than my kid. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to diving into this one at the bar. <laughs> yeah, but as you're raising kids, you you don't find that competition in school anymore. 
because the, the, the parents don't want someone to be better. I mean, I get that, but if they are better, they, they, they should be, be acknowledged for it. I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, she, I'm just, she, she's incredible. And she's 10 times the athlete than I am. I mean, unbelievable. And I mean, I have, I have no problem conceding that at all. I totally, totally agree. I, I would take, I would take Sean. I think Randy Orton until I haven't seen him since his back. Uh, but if Randy comes back healthy, he's right there. He's one of the top guys of all time. Definitely. Hunter was, um, Taker, of course, with, with, with considering the way that he had to work his style is obviously on the Mount Rushmore. Definitely. I, I would say greatest character of all time. For yeah. Sure. To, to work within the confines and make that work for decades speaks volumes. And as far as drawing money, I mean, there's three different ways of looking at it. Steve Austin. To me, even to this day, Steve is the biggest star in the business. And I, I don't want to say that because The Rock was, wasn't around as long as Steve. You know, can you imagine Steve had to retire at 39? Yeah, that's, can, that's you, can you imagine if he, Steve had wrestled until he was 50? Well, hell, we saw him this year at WrestleMania. Yeah, he didn't look it, like he missed a yeah, step. Yeah, no, no, he stays in great shape. I mean, he's a man. He, he stands by what he believes in. I mean, there have been a lot of great. So, I mean, I just, just to even have those guys on my documentary, like Post Malone and our good friends. I mean, I think it's a lot about the people I've known and I've had some influence on too. But I mean, to have Taker talk about you in a positive light and Steve, and that's big stuff, right, Corey? I mean, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. It, and I have Hunter and all. And uh, I got no problem pointing out my flaws. I think it's important that, I mean, I've made some, some terrible personal decisions in life that have caused me more problems than anything else. But just being able to admit it and feel good about it and move forward that way, you know, it's not like, like I'm bullying. Anybody, I'm not. I'm easy to find, and everybody's got a Ric Flair story. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about yeah. that. No <laughs> doubt. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to authenticate all of them. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> how about that Barry Windham man? He goes, <laughs> "Yeah, I could drink with H all that long, and I took him upstairs naked in the baggage cart." <laughs> can you believe that, Corey? Can you, you, uh, well, can I'll you, keep my, that, I'll keep my, never, that's, never. That's, that, that's got to be an embellishment. It's definitely an embellishment. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. Well, Rick, we appreciate you coming and Thank hanging you. out. We, you are always welcome here on After the Bell whenever you feel like it. Just send me a text and we'll, we'll record on a different day if we have to. You know, uh, you know, I love you like that. I'm glad you're back in the family where you belong. I'll see you in Philly, my brother. <laughs> I will be in Philly grinning ear to ear and I might have to go back to my room on a baggage hey, cart. I'll, at this I'll, rate. Bring you, I'll bring you some woo shoes too. That's oh, my new one. I can't yeah, wait. Woo shoes. Woo shoes. <laughs> KP, get the baggage cart ready because old gravy needs to get back to his room. <laughs> Just don't, don't do it before it. the show, please. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, becoming Ric Flair, streaming live right now on Thank Peacock. You. Do not miss it. Go out of your way to see it. It's a fantastic documentary about a fantastic man, one of my favorites of all time. Nature Boy, thank you, my friend. Thank you, sir. God bless you guys. KP, there you have it. Your first experience interviewing the Nature Boy. What a thrill. What a thrill. What a life. Many more years to come with Ric Flair and WWE, hopefully. No doubt about it, and I cannot say it enough. I know I've plugged it three or four times. Woo, Becoming Ric Flair on Peacock. Unbelievable documentary. This is a side of Nature Boy you've probably never seen before. Don't miss it. While you're at it, make sure you're following us at After the Bell WWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. 
Follow me at WWE Graves. You can find KP at Kev underscore Egan, E-G-A-N. Make sure you're listening for free on Spotify. Just search after the bell and hit the follow button so that you never miss an episode. We'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, and more WWE after the bell. Bye.